just gonna rule for the rest of my life. episode you weren't expecting because we've gone off the rails <laughs> this is our show and we get to talk about whatever we want so we are putting on hold our series about women in medicine uh to talk about canadians in medicine <laughs> yes we are i like how like i just sometimes want to like not not stop you just like just keep letting me go <laughs> Listen, I could do it. I, I could know, talk could. about nothing better than anyone I know. I know. I Christopher know. knows this firsthand because he doesn't speak. <laughs> so I just keep going. Yeah, it's fair. a really fun exercise for me. I'm like, how long can words keep coming out of my mouth when they have no meaning or direction? Yeah, I don't know. That's the exercise of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's what a college education taught me. It's true. Yeah, we're talking, because the election is coming up, October 21st. Did you know the election is coming up? Yeah. This is the election for the Prime Minister slash leading party, federal government of Canada. There we go. The last one was right, federal government. I mean, they're all right, but like a little bit wrong, except for the last one. Um, I'm pretty sure, I I don't have it on my calendar, but I think advanced polls are from the 9th to the 13th. And if you are considering voting NDP, you should vote in the advanced polls because it's good for the NDP party when it picks up and then they see. So, you know, I'm not telling you how to vote, but I'm just saying if you're thinking of voting. (laughs) Okay, surprise. This is not a unbiased episode. This is a very (laughs) biased. If anything, it's a sales pitch. Okay. (laughs) But I'm saying it doesn't really matter for the conservative or the liberals, but for the NDP and the Green Party, it does matter. And unfortunately, like people put too much stock in polls because they're not set in stone like that doesn't mean that's the way that the election is going to go but they're kind of self-fulfilling prophecies yes so if you um if it's accessible to you um and you can do it and you are considering voting ndp or green i would suggest going to the advanced polls especially if you're between the ages what is it 18 and 35 it's good for us it's good for us man as a people's yes (laughs) <laughs> also, sometimes there's less people there, and that I enjoy. There's, like, 100% less people there. Yeah, yeah. Also, you should, like, register to vote before. You can register at the yeah. the place, but it's a real stress. I know this because every time I have to register at the place because I never follow my own advice, but yeah. I'm just giving you a heads up. Yeah, yeah. Or do your taxes on time, and then you'll be registered. <laughs> All right, I'm feeling attacked right now, <laughs> and I don't appreciate this. That's fair. It was pretty rude. It was fucking wildly rude. <laughs> to storm out i'm not usually that rude <laughs> my brain's short like i can't do wow. it wow <laughs> okay so today we're gonna focus on healthcare, pharmacare uh it's it's been a big topic um in this election and then i think we're gonna do an episode in the future sometime before the election about um the environment and energy because we feel that those are the two behemoths in this event that is occurring also like can we just take a moment to talk about how fucking short our elections are yeah we were like, just talking about this the states it's like 10 million it's too years long. <laughs> they just how ha- have has an election been called in the states i don't know like yeah. i feel like they've been campaigning for yes. since they elected the last yeah. one well because they don't have laws the about last when. buffoon they don't have laws about when you camp can campaign but in canada we do yeah so, like, ours, it's, like, was called two weeks ago, and, like, we're voting 
at the end of October. Yeah. Like, that's wild. Like, I, I, I know I already said this to you, but I think that's a little bit too short. Like, I don't need it to be forever. Yeah. But I need, like, maybe we give them four months. Well, it's not a lot of time, a lot of, it's not a lot of time for a lot of things to happen. One, I don't think it's enough time to synthesize all the information you need to synthesize, but also as a party, like, part of your campaigning is proposing policies and getting the numbers crunched by the Parliamentary Budgetary Office, and so they have laws about how that works, and basically what happens is they can't release the budget until it's come gone back and forth a couple of times right because it's like you submit it they give you your initial numbers then you have a certain amount of days to make adjustments then you submit it again and then they can so like that could end up taking two weeks which is real bad for voters because it makes really like it makes it really hard to fact check things it's also bad for the parties depending on what party you are like depending on how many lies you are telling (laughs) yeah but it it means that like they don't have time to like adjust right and like i guess that only matters as much as your base is paying attention yeah exactly um but i still think it's bad overall (laughs) well and i like and this is not good either but i think a lot of people become more involved in politics around like election time and so while i think that you should be paying attention all of the time i i do think that there's a lot of catching up that's coming during election season and it's just like not enough time for the rest of us who have to like work our fucking two jobs to then also be trying to keep up with like fact checking policy because as we will get into like these parties are not always good at laying things out even when they have nothing to hide yeah absolutely 100 percent so, unlike the states, in Canada, you're not supposed to vote for the leader of the party. Yeah. Which is, I find interesting because Canada, and more so, the, more so than the states, there's so much power concentrated in the PM. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> this prime minister, I don't know why I said PM. Anyway. <laughs> We're going to be using short forms, okay? Like, when I say JT, I'm not referring to Justin uh, Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. I wish I was, believe me. Um, or J True. I've started saying J True a oh, lot. That's pretty good too. Because it's clearer to people. Yeah. But short forms abound. Yeah. But essentially, like, there's a lot of power concentrated into the Prime Minister's position with not a lot of checks. And we can do another episode on this, but because our Senate isn't an effective check because it's appointed, whereas in the States, the Senate is elected, right? This is like my just whole like, thing. like appointed just makes me think that they like walk in and like kneel and like yeah. J True takes out his sword and he's like, I appoint you to... Yeah. I mean, it's not far... I mean, it's not what happens, but it's not far off. What happens considering the Queen's Privy Council still has to approve the appointment? Uh, like- so it is like a weird thing, right? Anyway, the whole... The, the point is... A, it's a whole thing, but the point is is that like there's a lot of power concentrated into the prime ministerialship with not the, a lot of checks, even though presumably we're supposed to have checks. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you think about it because like the Americans are afraid of tyranny slash monarchy maybe when they're forming their government in a way that Canada is not right I mean Canada is just the people who did not revolt against the the monarchy so when we're setting up our political structures we're just like not we're like yeah that's probably fine we also don't like a lot of the a lot of the things happen now by so like the prime the prime minister like enacts legislation now by custom but the governor general still has to sign it right yeah. and like that's the queen's representative and it is custom that the governor yeah. general always signs it but it's not law yeah and that I find that makes my father insane like he gets so mad about it 
And I find that funny. I also find it funny. Like, I know, like, I understand that it's dumb, but, like, it's, I just, it's a little quirky. Yeah. We're, like, we're just a little quirky. Yeah, we're a little, we're a little. We're out here with our big glasses and our mom jeans. Yeah. Yeah. We're quirky. quirky. Yeah. Anyway. And our, you know, feudalism. (laughs) Quirky. It's just, it is a little funny that we're not supposed to vote for the leader when our political, a lot of our political system centers on the power of the PM. Yes. Yes, it's true. And I also think, again, just coming back to, it's just uh, the the prime minister, the the leaders of the party, they're the faces that you see. They're the ones who are getting more coverage. Oh, yeah. Um, And I also think that because, like, American culture is so dominant, we kind of think about, we've started in the sort of uh, popular consciousness to uh, think about our system the same way as theirs. Um, And lots of times people don't remember, like, you have to remind them, like, you're not, you're not voting for the leader of the party you're voting for the person who is running in the riding in which you live yeah you know what in the show notes of this episode i will i'll post a list where you just type in your your postal code and it kicks out your riding and your mps yeah that shit's important like pay attention to your mps like that's a gonna be your like point of contact and Mm -hmm. like that's who you're voting for yeah like you're voting for the mp yeah you're voting for the mp and then the mpp the mpp is your your provincial mp (laughs) (laughs) but yeah (laughs) absolutely oh mvp MVP. that's what i was thinking mike minnie and Polly d we're getting back to the jersey shore references (laughs) but i fucked it up uh but mvp was what i meant that's why i was like i feel like that's not what you meant but also it is still a thing so i don't know (laughs) yeah i liked i liked that you were you know coddling me there you were like sure That's also well, a, an acronym. Well, it's because I know you know what an MPP is. So I'm like, she job. must mean something else. Anyway, yeah. And Way then, to list letters. <laughs> and then MVP. Who, Anyways, we move on. I digress. Who, Though I wish that I could vote for Vinnie, Polly, oh, and no. Mike. But all together, not separate. I want it to be a board. <laughs> a Jersey board. A Jersey board. A Jersey board for the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Hey. Rhyme. Anyway. <laughs> We can continue. Yeah. Um, So basically, and then whoever wins your writing, that counts as the vote to the... Yes. But this comes in, so like a thing that we get a lot is, well, in every election, I'm sure this happens, but like strategic voting, strategic voting. Now, I personally hate strategic voting. I I can understand the practicality of it. So when I say strategic voting... What I mean is like voting for the person you think who's who has the best chance of beating the person you yeah. hate the most. The way to strategically vote in Canada, which like you can agree with or not, but is to vote the way that your riding is going. Yes, exactly. So like that would be the point is that because you're not voting for um, the leader of the party or like your vote is not being counted as an individual vote, yes. right? Your riding is counted towards the party that holds the majority or minority or who, who forms the government. Yeah. Um, so just because maybe the Liberal Party is doing better overall, if the Liberal Party is not doing better in your riding, that's not a strategic vote. No, then your vote essentially counts like for and less for than less. what it already does. Now, again, I don't like strategic voting because I think ultimately it's a tax that's used to scare people into voting uh for 
for the liberals. Yeah. For the liberals. Yeah. If you're not a Canadian, the liberals are like the medium party. <laughs> Air quotes. But they're the they're the lukewarm tea party. Yeah. They're like not, they're the cold play party. <laughs> they're not offensive. Well, but we'll, get there. well like the perception of them is like yes. they're not offensive they're pretty harmless they like kind of brand themselves as like progressive but they're not really no. progressive so they don't scare the people who you know are don't actually want progressive policies but they're not like conservative they're very like wishy-washy and people like that they're very, like, I would actually say, like, they're very right of center. Like, I think yes, they're center, I but they're just to the right. But they, they've, again, also because they're called liberal, like, they have been able to market themselves as left of center. Well, and I think that they appeal to that demographic of people who like to think of themselves as, like, progressive people. Sure. But who are not necessarily yeah. actually politically progressive people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but also I just think that the perception in general for people who are not really paying attention is that the liberals are are the the middle. Like yeah. they're right in the middle. Yeah. Whereas I agree, I think that they actually are right of center. Yeah. But I don't think that that's necessarily their rep in the streets. No, no, it's not. And I also think that they're, I mean, I think there are certain policies where they have been left of center. Yeah. Um, as like with every party, I think. And that, that, I mean, that kind of goes to your strategic voting thing. The reason why I don't like strategic voting is because I don't, I mean, it's a whole conversation, but like I... I personally think that you should be voting with policies that resonate with yeah. you and that changes per party. Ultimately, you need to be voting for the the policies that you care about because if we're always voting strategically, like we will never get anywhere. Like it's no. always going to be the same results. Specifically in Canada, the way that it's set up, more, like nine times out of ten, it's going to be like the liberals historically have been the party well, in power the most. They're considered and the it's like for this reason. They're considered like the quote unquote natural ruling party yes, of Canada. Yes. And the thing about something that I learned. And doesn't that just sound futile? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've got a fucking legacy as yeah. prime minister? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Something that really resonated me that I resonated. he hasn't pulled a Caesar. He's <laughs> like, surprise, bitch! <laughs> I'm just gonna rule for the rest of my life. I mean, you know, I could Cause see it. Cause I'm a Trudeau. I could see it. Um, something that really resonated with me that I learned in like poli sci and like 90% of what I learned in poli sci is garbage. But like the way that I characterize the parties in my head. So like the conservatives and the liberals are something called a cadre party, which like essentially means that. Sounds fancy. Like yeah. something you get at a French restaurant. I mean. Is it snails? Yes. <laughs> it's escargot. <laughs> Fucking knew it. Yeah. But basically it means, like, it means a couple of things, but, like, one, it means that, like, they are the parties that they're descendant of, like, the, the, the families, like, the, the compact and then the Tories, right? The family. See, even this yeah. sounds, like, so, like... But like, it is. Gothic, nobly vampires, but families. It, but it literally, lineage. like, it I'm is. just saying words No, now. but, like, it is. Like, that is what it is. Like, those are the parties that were descended from, like, um like ruling elite right like that's where they come from and the, the idea original families yeah yeah and the idea is that they put party first people second right right right. mass parties are different right yeah. so the ndp starts as like the ccf but like mass parties they put people first party second like that's kind of how they distinguish them but like the idea is that the ndp was and the green party also like they're they're not direct, although the Green Party is a little bit different because when it first started, it's very different than where it is, it is now. now. Yeah. But, like, the idea is that, like, um, 
they're not immediate dis- they, there's not as much patronage that's what it is that's what so I'm what to you're of. saying is that the conservatives and the liberals are mafia families i mean and then the green and the NDP are just regular parties <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah and it's like obviously different although is it because we have justin trudeau in power so is it that like i was about to say maybe there's not as much patronage but like Oh, there definitely I, like, is. I was going to be like, is is that true, though? I, I mean, know. even in the, like, you know, grander sense of of just our society in general, like, you know, like, you have to have the money to, sure, yeah. to fund a campaign, to run. When we think of a prime minister, we think of a white man. Yeah. And that in itself is, like, a sort of legacy and, like, white men. Yeah. One time for ten minutes, white woman. One time for ten minutes wasn't elected. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't count. I don't count no. her. People are always like, we did have one, and I'm like, no. no. That's why I make it a, like one yeah, time for yeah, ten minutes. Yeah. You're like, no. Anyway, yeah. So like that's 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 stuff that I don't think is necessarily important to know at every election, but I think it's kind of important to remember when yeah. you are looking at the Keep parties. It in the back of your mind. So I am gonna very briefly talk about two MPs just to give you a sense that you should be looking into your MPs. Because they're doing the politics. They are. For you. So the NP for our writing is Min Sook Lee. Um, she is hella cool. Like, first of all, she's a babe. Not hey. that that matters. But she is. She's an immigrant. That's right. She is. a hot ass writing. She is. She's an immigrant from South Korea. She's a documentary documentary film uh, maker but what I really like about her is that she's been a community organizer Mm -hmm. so she like has been working on the ground with people in terms of like immigrant rights and also like she's really really against the education cuts like Mm -hmm. it's like a really big thing and also as we all should be yes and like what and and obviously like every MP supports all of like the NDP's policies but I think each MP picks policies that they want to champion and that they say like this is what I'm going to focus my energy on and pharmacare is another big one for her right that's sort of where she wants to put her energy in and like also she sits down and she talks with people like she goes to local coffee shops she like goes to like local art stuff like she's talking to people and I think that's really important um the other MP I'm going to talk about is in my old writing um, and he's uh, close with Jill Andrew, who was the provincial MP who I canvassed for. Um, but uh, he, he's Alok Mukherjee. He's like very, very cool. His career is bananas. Like, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. It is. He like worked for the TDSB. He was like a, the vice chair of the Ontario Commission on Human Rights. He like was part of the Ontario Board of Civilians for Police Reform. Like he like does all of the stuff and like his big thing, he, he, he writes a book about police reform as well. So his big thing is like looking at like police reform and then also like anti-racist framework for education which I think are two really important things and also things that um I haven't really heard any other MPs talking about he's very experienced he again is also like taking questions like a lot of the reasons why I know about the NDP's platforms are not because I've heard Jagmeet Singh talk about them but because I've heard about him talk about them yeah um so those are two examples. Look up your NPs. I look, focus on NDP because I'm a member. Again, I, I, I guess like disclosure for bias is important. I'm a member of both the NDP provincial and federal party. 
I also I started this by I saying know. it's a sales pitch. I know like, we're not making any like I'm sorry like uh, we're not we're yes. we're very biased. Yes, I've also I, I I live here. I have to be biased. Yes. Like I <laughs> we're human. Also, I I volunteered and campaigned for Jill Andrew, who is an NDP MP. So like I I'm coming from a place where like the NDP is very important. You to bleed me. orange. I bleed orange. I do. Anyway, no matter who you support. Look at your MPs, pay attention, go to their office, talk to them. Like, they're there to answer your questions. Like, yeah. they, they want to interact. And also, like, in the future, if you have issues with the government, like, that's your first line. Like, yeah. that's who you're going to, Like, right? care about your MP because yeah. they're your point of contact. And also, if you're not a huge fan of the leader of the party, like, take a look at the MPs because, you know, it might not be a write-off. Like, no. you might actually like the core of the party. You just don't necessarily like the person who's leading it. Yes. Okay, let's talk about pharmacare. That's been a big issue in this uh, election, unless you're a conservative, <laughs> in which case you have no policy on it whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> Um, so just like to summarize real quick, like in Canada's healthcare system, doctor's visits are covered and like what's seen as like essential emergency care is covered, but pharmaceuticals are not. Yeah. Pharmaceuticals, mental health care, and dentist and optometry are not, not covered. covered. Unless you can get any one of those things done to you in a hospital. Then well, covered. It, <laughs> it, it's considered medically necessary, yes, yeah. which is a, a, a Phrase I'm not a huge fan of because no. liberties can be taken with that. Yes, of course. Uh, when you're like, no, I think this may be necessary. And they're like, meh, meh, meh. not necessary for me, not necessary for you. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> Canada is the only country with universal health care that does not have pharmacare. Yeah. Uh, which is a big deal. And there's uh, many uh, Canadians out here in the streets who cannot afford to fill their prescriptions. What did I say? I think it's 14 million people are uninsured, which doesn't include the people who can't afford them under their employer's plan. Yeah. Or like 700,000 Canadians uh, skip purchases of food to pay for prescription medication. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's like real, that's real bad. Yeah. So the NDP's out here and they're like, wow, this looks sad. Uh, look at all of our sad little polar bear riding people. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta give them some drugs. Sure. We just gotta get the drugs to the people. Sure. So the first step in the plan is that you're covering people who are uninsured. So you're covering drugs for people yeah. who are uninsured. And then the second step is to cover um, everybody. Yeah. Covering prescription drugs. Plan promises to save families more than 500 a year um whether they have insurance or not and save 4.2 billion in prescription costs across canada so um i think it's important to explain how this works because i think that the uh party isn't necessarily doing the best job of explaining it to people in a way that is accessible or even at all for some reason yeah anyway um it's a true mystery yeah it's wild so a little primer under the constitution healthcare is supposed to be under provincial jurisdiction the way that the federal government implemented federal policy was they were like, okay, provinces, you have to do this now and we give you money to do. Or it's a transfer. Yeah. Or we take money no more and then you get nothing. Yes. And provinces. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, 
sudden the federal government is an old Italian yes, man I mean, haggling yeah. on the streets. Yeah. And then the provinces were like, okay, except Quebec was like, okay, no, but no. also no. <laughs> so like that's, that's like, look it up if you really want to know. But that is That is essentially what happens. God, so, the French. Basically, under the current plan, provinces are responsible for the drug plans, which means that the provinces are buying the drugs. The insurance plans are then covering them. So mm-hmm. private insurance is covering them. Because provinces are small, right? They're like, if you're American, they're like states, except some of them even smaller in population. Um, they don't have a lot of buying power, which means they're paying a premium on these drugs, which makes them more expensive for the insurance companies and more expensive for people. The federal government wants to turn this into a national plan, a national program. And they do that by saying, okay, we're gonna buy the drugs as a country because we are bigger and we have more buying power. And that allows them to negotiate the price down. So they would be saving $4.2 billion by buying drugs this way. Yeah. So they're getting like mad uh, criticism because the federal government uh, is going to pay $10 billion a year, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually cheaper than the plan that's being proposed by the Liberal Surprise. Yeah. Um, and, and like Melina said, because it's going to be a national plan, they're going to be able to negotiate better. So prices are going to go down and that's going to save money. And then... They're going to up um, the taxes on uh, profits from investments. So right now, that's 50% uh, that the federal government is going to get, and the NDP wants to up that to 75%. Uh, so we calculated, it's like... Well, there's, Sophia calculated, I did nothing. <laughs> there's like a hard... So they're $10 billion a year, right? They're, right now, their plan, it's like definitely getting them to $7.8 billion, just between the tax... Yeah. And um, the the dropping of the um, prices. Then it gets a little bit murkier. Like, it definitely feels like the money is potentially yeah. around. But it's not really specified how they're going to get that last, like, $2.4 billion. Yeah. So, it's not perfect but it's also pretty close like they're pretty close to being where they are and it's not impossible like we found ways yeah that they could be getting it they're not really telling us specifically how they're getting that last bit of money but it's not impossible that they're gonna get there so like the opposition is really hammering home how this pharmacare plan is not feasible and from everything that we can tell it seems pretty feasible well, yeah, like, here's the thing. So even without any, like, external investigation that we, we did do, um, a $2 billion deficit on a plan is actually, like, not that bad. I mean, we've run deeper deficits for dumber shit and survived. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, like, yeah, I, 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 it's not as crazy as I think people are making it out to seem. Yeah. I think one of the reasons it's getting a lot of criticism is because the NDP is calling it a national universal pharmacare plan which to the opposition means that is exclusive is exclusively funded by the federal government and that it is universal off the bat and those two things do make it unfeasible but the truth is the provincial governments are still shouldering some of the cost right and the federal government is subsidizing that so like as as with all canadian healthcare, that's how all canadian healthcare is paid for so the provincial governments will be paying 60 percent of this and the federal government is only paying 40 percent of this but that that ends up being cost-wise exactly what they're doing right now yeah 
and then we're gonna be getting pharmacare yeah so yeah you know yeah. it's real it's real win yeah it's absolutely. a real win situation absolutely and like <laughs> um one of the ways so we're talking about ways that like that um they could potentially that, get that 2.4 billion yeah. Which, like... That so, they're being real secretive about. Don't yeah. know why, because yeah. there's ways that they could yeah. get it, but for some reason, they're like, Meh. Well, it's very unpopular. Like, Keynesian economics, like, people don't like it, because they're like, it doesn't work. And I'm yeah. like, okay, it doesn't, but a little bit it does. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Anyway. I called it leftist <laughs> trickle-down economics. Yeah. So, the NDP, essentially, like, a lot of it is founded on this idea that, um you run a deficit in times of need and then you make cutbacks in times of surplus and that is how you balance your budget also that when you make things cheaper in times of deficit people put the money back into the economy and then that is how you make up part of your surplus so like people has more money people spend more money yeah essentially so like the idea is if people are are saving 450 dollars uh on pharmacare and then they can afford their groceries yeah. like that hst it's good it's good for us <laughs> that hst goes back into the economy i don't necessarily like this as like relying on to get money from because yeah, there's no. no guarantee that it's gonna work it, it does happen it has yeah. been a pattern but there is, you shouldn't be banking on it, which is no. why I would be more comfortable if they were just outright and like, hey, actually, yeah, this is going to run a bit of a deficit, but yeah. we're kind of at a point where people are dying yeah. or not being able to live and like we need to do something about it. So if it's going to be too bill, okay, we'll find other ways to make it up. Like, yeah. you know, there are other parts of their plan where they're saving money. Yeah. And that's where you start. It's hard to assess when you don't have all of the policy in front of you. Yes. But there are places to move money around. Now, if they were like, we're going to spend $10 billion and we're only going to make $1 billion, then yeah. I'd be like, okay, well, now, exactly. now we have a problem. It feels like a fixable difference. That's <laughs> yeah. what we're saying. Like, yeah. there are definitely issues that, uh, as far as we can see or as far as they have been able to explain their plan yeah. to us yeah. it, in this, in this uh, proposal... But at the same time, it doesn't feel like an impossible, no. like, uh, amount. Like, we no. could run that that deficit. Yeah. We could make up that money. Yeah. Um, and it's being spoken about as though it's just, like, totally out of control. Yeah. And, like, as we said, like, we're the only country with universal health care that doesn't have pharmacare. Like, what the fuck is yeah. that about? I mean, just on a personal anecdote, like, my medication, if I were to buy all of it every month, I'm not covered anymore by insurance, would cost me... About $250 a month. But I, I can't afford that. So I end up having to pick and choose between asthma and mental health. Yeah. Which is not a great choice, let me yeah. tell you. I'm tired of wheezing walking up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of wheezing. Yeah. Or uh, also like, and then on top of like my glasses, which cost me like $400 a prescription. And then on top of like dental coverage, which is what, $124 a cleaning? Like, what are, you, what are we doing? Like, yeah. we're hemorrhaging money. <laughs> so to go to the like wider sort of like healthcare plan that the NDP is proposing. So they want to work with provinces to include dental care in the Canada Health Act. Uh, also, a mental health, eye care, uh, hearing care, and infertility, uh, which is very interesting. Infertility is a big one. Yeah. Costs think, people like 30 grand a fucking thing. It's insane. Yeah. I think that's that's something I haven't heard talked a lot about, yeah. but I, I thought was really interesting. Um, so, uh, the dental care is another thing that they're really being um, 
cagey Re- cagey about <laughs> yes. and reamed out for yes uh so they're calling it a universal dental ah! and it's not, it's not. Uh, which doesn't mean it's like not still good but it, it's bad when you call something the, something it's not and then people can very easily be like i see a flaw in this it is not what you say <laughs> the amount of people i'm like no and it's not their fault they're calling it a universal dental care what yeah. else are you supposed to think yeah it's like it, that's not good but basically what it is is they're gonna make dental care free for households making under seventy thousand and have a sliding co-payment um for those earning between seventy thousand and ninety thousand um, and put in place a national dental care plan to help uninsured Canadians with a household income below 90000 Um, So it's like a good start. Yeah. Like, yeah, obviously it would be nice to have uh, dental care be free for all Canadians, but that's not a feasible place to begin. Yeah. So this is a perfectly fine plan. What is frustrating about it is that it's being presented as a universal, like, complete coverage for everybody. And, like, their goal is to get to a place where we have full dental and pharmacare coverage but i don't necessarily see it as a bad thing that they're like okay here's where we're gonna start we're gonna take care yeah the other thing about dental coverage that is like really complicated so i was reading like the the budgetary office analysis of the policy with dental care there is just no way to account for the kinds of services that people are going to need because so many people have not been taking care of their teeth because they can't afford it for years and years and years and so there is going to be a one-time surge with this plan there's going to be a huge surge and you're going to wait for everyone to be like look see they fucked up and you're gonna be like just give it a sec a second and also in the end isn't that a testament to how badly we need this that the people have put it off so long that the minute they get the chance like there's going to be a surge because people have been sidelining their physical health because they can't afford it and it also ends up in the long run like it's a long-term game in the long run it ends up saving the government money because they the government has to cover emergency dental care Mm -hmm. and like that is extremely expensive when you get to a point where it's an emergency problems don't get better over time surprise surprise yeah so it's like I, i i don't think it's a i don't think it's a bad plan i don't think it's i think the way that it's being talked about is not particularly intelligent or yeah. or accessible so that's not great well like that is the thing like both of us are out here like repping the ndp but we have been frustrated in this election like we yeah. have been frustrated oh, with so this frustrated. party we're frustrated with the way that they're presenting themselves, with the way that they're explaining their policies. Like, even this, like, it took a certain amount of us digging oh, to Oh, we be had like, to dig, yeah. And, and it's like, why? Like, why are you hiding your... Like, these are good policies. Like, I don't understand why it must be encrypted. Uh, like, the other thing is, like, dentists like this policy, and I think that's really interesting. It's not that they're like, this is a perfect policy. There were a couple, like I was reading an article about these dentists talking about it, because I, I wanted to see, because this means dentists make less money, essentially. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, what are the dent? That's the other thing, to jump back for a second, about Pharmacare. A lot of the criticisms of their Pharmacare um, are funded by Pharmacare boards, uh. and you just have to watch who's watch who's creating these opposing check like, your sources so anyway i was looking these dentists are talking about it and they're like hey here's the thing like actually like that's going to cost them i think like this one guy was like i think that this is going to cost them more than they think it is because there's no way to account for exactly what services um people will need um but i still think that this is good policy yeah. and he was like i think that this is necessary policy and i and i i still think it needs to be done and it's kind of the same thing with pharmacare it's like people we're we're running out of time like yeah. people are dying yeah. and like so we have to do something and 
I'm not saying that, again, we just have to start throwing, like, you know, millions of dollars that we don't have at things, but that's not what they're really what they're proposing exactly so but that's how it's being framed by the others and it's not being helped by the way that they're They're, explaining no they're fucking up yeah they're fucking it right up but 10 out of 10 dentists would recommend (laughs) just like your toothpaste i i just like that they're they're not being like this is amazing 10 out of 10 they're being like hey well problems but necessary yeah exactly and like i i tend to trust that kind of well and also that's the world we fucking live in like problems but necessary well that's the thing like i think that's my campaign slogan yeah well the other thing i i think it's important to raise this but like i think the problem what's interesting about pharmacare is like the problem isn't the economics there are other problems there are questions i would ask yeah first of all in order for that pharmacare plan to work it's the there's a board and the ndp is saying they're going to appoint an independent board to assess which drugs get bought yes so of course that is fine until you change administration yeah so you have to put in place legislation that either protects certain medications or allows for people to appeal it to the supreme court so you don't have like a monsanto situation where they're like jumping from the pharmaceutical company to the board and then back from the board to so that we're like yep 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 or 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 precondition situation right like so like like that's my first question is like how are you going to ensure that every medication that we need is available to us even throughout different administrations yeah question and i'm there there is an answer to that yeah um i I just don't know it because they're the policy analysts (laughs) um and like Chris and I were talking about it, we were like, well, here are ways you could do it. But again, we are not policy analysts. Anyway, the second question I would have is in order for this to work, their whole healthcare plan, actually, not just pharmacare, rests on all of the provinces agreeing to it. Yeah. Right? That's a big thing. And to yeah. be fair, a lot of the provinces are really suffering. So it's likely that they will. The one province that most likely won't... Quebec. Is Quebec. And one of the reasons <laughs> is because they... God, I love them. Y- what assholes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, Quebec has this problem with extra billing. They have a lot of problems. Yeah, and I mean, Ontario and BC did it also, but then it became illegal and they got fined and they paid the fine and we don't do it anymore. So <laughs> what happened with Quebec, basically extra billing is when doctors bill patients on top of the insurance. So it's like doctors bill insurance, that's how they get paid. That's how our healthcare system, that's how OHIP works. Yeah. But these doctors were billing the insurance and then billing the patients. Ew. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. And then the federal government made it illegal and Quebec was like, we're still going to do it. And then Trudeau was like, okay you can't, I'm going to fine you. And then they were like, we're not going to pay the fine. And then <laughs> no one has done anything. Like, I, I know, like, it, I it's don't horrible. like it on a no. moral, political no. level. I don't. It's just the, like, character, the character commitment of yeah, it. Sure. That, like, how Quebec yeah. of them to yeah. be like, I will not pay this. Yeah. But it's, it's bad for I people. spit on your fine. <laughs> it's like, it's rough for people. Yeah, it no, sucks. it's fucking terrible. And so, like, Part, so anything that requires them to have regulation it is going to raise red flags. Yeah. And like when the government says, we're going to give you this amount of money and you have to do this and this with it, that's regulation. The provinces have to report. They have to say, this is how the program's going. This is what we're like. That's how funding works. Yeah. Right. So that would be my other question. Like, how are you going to get Quebec to agree? And they actually have an answer to that, which yeah. is that they're going to offer Quebec an incentive. Right. But then that gets into another problem because then the other provinces are going to be pissed. Yeah. And I don't know that they're wrong. They're going to be like, so you're going to treat Quebec this way every time they don't behave? You're yes. going to reward them. Historically, yes. Yes. <laughs> and the, and so I get it, right? Like, But it is something you have to have a plan for. Yeah. 
And so those are the questions that I, I'm sorry, I get real fraud. I just like, no, those are the, it's not the economics in this case. And to be fair, usually with the NDP, it is. Yeah. It really is. The first iteration of this pharmacare plan, this is an old plan. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. You're like, what? No. But I think it's because of that history, like that connotation that the like parties, like the conservatives and the liberals, it's easy prey for them, right? Because they can just be like, ah, the NDP cannot do the monies. Yeah. And everyone's like, true, yeah. they can't, they can't at all. No. And like one of the, the other ways that they could handle Quebec is to be like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to implement this program and you're not getting any of the money. And like, that's fine. But also the only people who suffer from that are, are the, the people. people. And like, to some degree, I'm kind of like, yeah, I think Quebec kind of needs to be put in it because they're the, they're hurting their people at this yeah. point. They're causing them pain. Yeah. Without the federal, like, and so, like, yeah. at, to some degree, I think they need to be put in their place on healthcare. There are other things where I think they're doing fine. Yes, but but at the same time, like, again, the only people who get hurt are the people, and that kind of sucks. And I think it's a shitty thing to do. Like, yeah. I think it's a shitty, it's a shitty thing. It's no good. extra billing. Like, how insane is that? I know. I know. Like, it's and again, Quebec, uh, BC, and Ontario did it as well. Yeah. And then they made it illegal, and then there were protests, and then they stopped. But it's just like, no, like, you can't be doing this shit. Everyone trying to steal from the people. Yeah, like, you can't. Stop. Especially with healthcare. Like, people are struggling. I know. Like, it's bad. Like, anyway, those are the kinds of questions. Like, it's not that I'm saying that the NDP policies are perfect and they're great and we love them. Anyone who tells you that any political policy is perfect is full of shit. It's full of shit. And just walk away. Yeah. And that is a bit of my issue with campaigning, is that I wish that you would stop lying to me. Yes. Because it... Like, I can accept the hard truths of life, which is that things do not always work out, and, like, I can't get what I want without sacrificing something else. For sure. That is fine. But just put forth your plan as you want to do it, because then it becomes difficult to tell the difference between, um, you know, like, a a plan that is maybe going to have like you know a deficit or or whatever and a plan that actually doesn't exist you know what i mean like the liberals and the ndp yes really yeah the liberals just being like yes yes we do this and then don't do that but like how do i know the difference between that and the ndp who's like yes yes we do this but actually i mean that's not really what we're doing we're doing something much more complicated and and uh, you know detailed and i'm not going to explain it to you so i'm just going to tell you this thing that isn't really what i'm doing like i I can't tell the difference guys i have a day job (laughs) yeah well and also like this is the thing like i think it's really interesting like well they broke their campaign promise and i think in some cases that is a really important thing but like here's the thing about campaign policies like one of the reasons why i like the dental care policy is because it's coming at you in stages like okay right off the bat we're going to get everyone who's uninsured under this number then we're gonna introduce this copayment. Then we're gonna introduce this, right? So like they have steps. So, and because dental care, there's this big unknown. We don't know how many people are gonna, we don't know. So they do the so first- So many teeth. So many teeth, so many things. But dental covers so much, right? Orthodontry, yeah. like the, yeah. you cannot possibly, like I don't care how good you are at your regressions, like you cannot possibly account for all of those variables. You don't know. You don't. So they implement- Teeth of mystery. Yeah. So they implement the first step of this plan and they're like, whoa, that's way more than we thought. We don't have the money. How can we adjust the second part of the plan? I'm not immediately going to be like, well, you didn't keep your, I'm going to be like, yeah, I can see how that happened. As long as you're still working towards it, I'm going to accept a little bit of give and take. But I will, yeah, but it's like, I will respect honesty more than, like, I am, I feel more confident placing my trust in someone 
who I feel like is addressing the problems. Yeah. But it's oh, hard to know sure. who is addressing problems when no one will admit there are any problems. Yeah. And I understand why they do that because we live in a reductionist society and shit. But, like, it's not helpful. No. Like, it makes it, it makes, like, there's a reason that people are uninformed, and that's because it, they make it so difficult to be informed. And I understand that to some extent that in itself is a strategy, because the less people know, the more difficult it is to, to be involved, the more shit they get away with. It's electoral politics. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying you, you don't need a lot. Like, you need a little bit to account for electoral politics, but that can't be your whole thing. No. It's no good. No. It's not nice. It's not nice. It's not nice. It's so. not nice. It's not my it's nice. It's not nice. Uh, We've been doing this, like, whiny child voice all night. I don't know why. Why? <laughs> all right. What else you got for me? Uh, just really quick, I want to say that uh, the NDP also uh, want to establish a national suicide prevention action plan. Oh, I like that. Uh, I yeah, think that's I really think that's important. cool too. And they want to launch an investigation into the role of drug companies in the opioid epidemic and determine whether criminal charges or civil action is warranted. Fuck yeah. Or can be pursued. So, yeah. I, 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 I also really like that. Um, and that's something that I don't think is being talked about enough this election is the opioid crisis. I, I'm going to plug a podcast. I'm going to plug Crackdown by Garth Mullins. They release an episode on the last Wednesday of every month. It's about the opioid crisis in Canada. It's really incredible. Um, it's incredible journalism. And he is um, an addict. And I have never heard, like, I, I just like someone who is so uh, involved in their story. Anyway, this is irrelevant, but it is important coming up to this election. If yeah. you want to wrap your head around how big that crisis is in Canada, listen to Crackdown. Um, do we want to real quick talk about some of the other parties? Yeah, real quick. Let's do it. So the liberals, uh, they want to invest $6 billion over the next four years to kickstart negotiations with the provinces aimed at improving healthcare services, including pharmacare. Hey. Um, hey Sophia, what does that mean? <laughs> like, it means that they don't want to give us like how that like what does that mean? Like, exactly. you're gonna invest six billion dollars in negotiations? What the fuck does that mean? Like, are yeah. you just paying everybody off? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and even if they were to come out and say that, I would respect that more than this. What is that going to? Is that Tim Hortons? The amount of Tim Hortons you're going to consume during these negotiations? Like, that's all they're committing to. That they're going to try and negotiate with the provinces. Yeah. Like, I'm... Sh I... What the fuck? Well, every time I've tried to look up liberal healthcare policy, it always says we don't have those numbers yet. Yeah, That's they don't the have the line. numbers and yet. And you're like, so. okay, I get it. It's only two weeks, but the NDPs come out with some numbers. So I please give me something. Yeah, so, like, they want to work towards ensuring everyone has access to yeah. a family doctor or primary care team, as well as improving access to mental health services, well, home care, and palliative care. Okay. Um, and their negotiation discussions are going to include uh, national pharmacare. But all they're committing to right now is having discussions with the provinces. And for some reason, this is going to cost $6 billion. Okay. And I don't understand why we're not more outraged by that. Palliative care is covered. So I don't know what, to make it better? Like, I don't to know. To expand it, I guess? It's all... I, I, mean, I don't know. No, I mean, I'm not asking I'm you. I'm just reading I know. what the liberals are putting out there. I'm not asking you. I know, I I'm know. I'm asking, like, also... Jay True! Also, everyone is entitled to a family doctor. So are they improving access? If they're improving access, how are people not having access? And what does that mean? These are the questions. But, like, family doctors are covered under OHIP. You just email the ministry and they're like, okay, we'll find you a doctor. Like, yeah. that's what happens. I don't understand. Is it 
homeless people? Is it people in marginalized areas who can't access hospitals? Like, is that what they're talking about? If it is, then they need to say that because as it stands now, people, family doctors are covered under OHIP. I still am hung up on the fact that all of this is just negotiations. Yeah. Like, all of this. Yeah. It's still not a policy. No. It's just negotiations. We're just going to negotiate for the next four years. That's what it says. Yeah. Like, $6 billion to negotiate yeah. for the next four years. What the heck? I don't know. What the actual heck? Um, okay. Also, they want to establish the Canada Drug Agency to make purchasing of high-priced drugs more affordable. So, it's kind of the idea, like we were talking about previously, that... You're going to have a, a Canadian drug agency, which is going to be a, a national drug agency that would take a coordinated approach to assessing the effectiveness and negotiating prescription drug prices on behalf of Canadians. Yeah, see, that's different than the federal government buying drugs. Y- yes. Yeah, yeah but I, I guess, like, what I meant was, like, it's a yes. similar idea yes. in that yes. we're going to have a united yes. thing of some sort, a united... Yes. Uh, body that is going to negotiate down well we want to increase purchasing power yeah yeah no no no. i was unified purchasing power as well yeah no it wasn't uh it was just that uh, no it's a good clarification it's it's important because that means different things in terms of how it operates and what kind of control the government has and also Mm -hmm. my question would be is this a crown corporation because that's another big deal because crown corporations operate in a very very weird very gray space that is hard to control (laughs) so like that's an important question right um, but it's also, it's gonna, it's, it's projected to save the same amount, like, three billion yeah. a year in the long term. Which is, I mean, which is technically less. <laughs> Te- technically, technically less. less. But yeah. Yeah. But it's just, like, though, so, see, to me, like, and I think with the liberals, the economics may be a little bit important, considering they have no numbers at all. Uh. But also, like, it's always the other questions. Like, is it gonna be a crown corporation? How's it gonna operate? Who's gonna regulate it? Is Lena. it gonna be appointed? <laughs> like, you know, we're so stupid. Like, we can't know all of these I things, know, okay? I know, I know. Like, already that was, like, three words. Like, Canadian drug agency. <laughs> like, what even, what what, is, what what's it? going on? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, the Conservatives. Great. They want to spend $1.5 billion to buy new medical imaging equipment for facilities across Canada. Sure. Uh, maintain and increase the Canada Health Transfer, which is uh, the money that the federal government sends to the provinces for health care. Yeah. Um, no specific proposal for pharmacare as i said and then in my notes i just put in brackets dicks <laughs> the green party yeah um they want to enact pharmacare for all by 2020 uh, declare national health emergency to address the opioid crisis sure. create a bulk drug purchasing agency so similar to the liberals um and reduce drug patent protection periods and there's no logistics on any of that from what you could find yeah, to be fair, I ran out of time, so... That's totally fair. you know, it might be out there, but I did not find Well, it. when I looked last night, um, there was nothing. There yeah. was, like... <laughs> <laughs> it is possible yeah. that something came out this morning. This morning. Or it's possible that it is just so hidden that we can't yeah. locate it. But it's not on their website. Like, it's yeah. not on their it's not on their platform. Um, and it's... Well, it, and I've been looking at other sources, yeah. too, because I also think it's, it's interesting <laughs> and important to see outside perspectives on the party's yes. plans as well as, like, the party's own perspective yeah. for obvious reasons. And, like, they haven't been able to give me anything either. No. So, I, it might be there. I just could not find it. No, no. I, I, I don't want to... I don't want to get sued by Teresa... Not Teresa May. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> That's a whole other nightmare. <laughs> not that Elizabeth May is not a nightmare. Elizabeth but May. Teresa May is. 
Um, yeah, no, from what I could find, like, I just wanted to know if you found something that I didn't find, because it's possible you're good at that. I did not. But from what I, they, and at the debate, they were like, we're waiting on the numbers. Yes, at the first debate, they were like, we're waiting on our numbers, we'll give them back soon. Yeah. To be fair, you know what? She was at the debate, unlike Justin Trudeau, (laughs) the fucking coward. I just think it's funny that... The NEP is taking, like, so much heat for their, their like, health care, pharma care proposals, and yet they seem to be the party with, like, the most proposal. I mean, I guess it makes sense for the conservatives because the whole conservative thing is, like, fuck everyone else, yeah. like, I don't want to pay money. Yeah. So, like, that's very on brand for them. But, like, the liberals, like, why, why, why are they getting rid of this? Is it because he's not at the debates? Like, I don't know. Like, He's taken a lot of heat um, in this election for not answering questions, which is... <laughs> to be honest, I think he should have been taking that heat for a long like, fucking time. Yeah. Every time Justin Trudeau opens his mouth, words come out that mean so little, you're surprised that they even make a sound. Yeah. Like, just... Nothing saying. Nothing. <laughs> So, speaking of Justin Trudeau, I don't think that we can do an episode about Canadian politics and not talk about what just happened. Scandals! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the scandal soundtrack. Scandals. Yeah. Let's talk about some scandals. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously the, like, the biggest, and it was global news, um, is that JT has, uh, like, several images of him in, like, full blackface. Yeah. Like, let me explain not just his face his literal whole body his literal whole body and i only stress this not because it necessarily makes it worse but only because like just just think about this like he went out and he bought the face paint like first he had the thought right and like nothing went off in his head that was like oh maybe don't do that i'm racist and then he went to the store and he bought the face paint. And then he painted his whole body. And at no point did he think, maybe this is a little too far. <laughs> maybe this is not a good idea. Like, he had so much time, so much premeditation, and nowhere did he ever second-guess himself any of the three times we know that he did this. The other thing that's insane is that the press keeps being like, so is this it? And literally, because like at the first conference, it was, um, so an image surfaced of him dressed as Aladdin <laughs> with like a turban and like full brown face. And he was 30 years old and, and a, a teacher. teacher at a school. And it was 2001, which, God, everyone just keeps referring to like it was 1485. Like <laughs> They're like, well, in yesteryear... Such things were accepted. Yeah. And you're like, no. But so that was the first one. He does his, like, little press conference where he's like, I fucked up. Um, and they're like, is this it? And then he's like, actually, also when I was in high school, I was at a talent show, and I sang a song in blackface. And they're like, okay, is that it? And he's like, yeah. Those are the only... Actually, what he says is, those are the only... Those are the ones that I, those are the instances that I am ashamed of. Those are the only two. Something like that. Something slightly vague. At which point, I turned to the invisible person next to me and was like, 
there's Death's more pictures. <laughs> and then, like, maybe three hours later, it was like, there's more pictures. And and so at the second conference, they're like, is this it? Is this the end? And he's like, to be frank, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. And I just, like, it's not wild to me that this rich white boy at some point in his life dressed up in blackface but that he did it so many times that he can't remember does feel a little extreme and me saying that i'm not surprised it's not me trying to be like this doesn't matter it definitely matters i just mean like I think you have to be totally ignorant to think that we don't live in a culturally insensitive, uh, like, you know. Also, his entire racist. first ca- sorry, I cut you off. I'm no, sorry, go, sorry. go. I was say, his please. entire first campaign was a series of c- cultural appropriations. Yeah. He has a tattoo on his arm that is a cultural appropriation. I know. He I cut know. off. He like bragged about cutting off the hair of an indigenous. Like I, this I is know. his whole thing. Yeah, that's why you shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like, <laughs> like not not surprised, but just that that there's so like it just feels real extreme yeah. like you're like like you just have so little judgment and i also think that he's just displayed like such a lack of understanding like back to the right questions not being asked i really wish in the situation they like made him explain like why did you think this was okay and what made you realize that it wasn't okay? Yeah. Like, I want you to explain that to me. Because at the end of his first apology, he makes that side comment to the press where he's like, well, you guys know how I get carried away with my costumes. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, what a flippant asshole remark to make, right? Like, what a tasteless... like." Justin Trudeau, that's the whole point of why we're here. Well, I mean, it's part of the point of why we're here, which is that, like, it's not a costume. You cannot just... And and the other problem is that... And this also is my issue with people who are like, well, 2001 was, like, a less woke time. And I'm like, if you want to make that argument, fine. But here is the thing that you can't escape. There has been no period of time in which blackface has been a complimentary thing to participate in. It has always been malicious. Yeah. Whether that malice was deemed acceptable or, or founded or whatever, like it has always been a form of mockery it has always been a form of dehumanization. There is not a history of blackface that's like, this is a celebration of culture. That does not exist. No. So whether or not 2001, and I think that we can all agree 2001 blackface was not acceptable, but whether or not you want to argue that in 2001 blackface was acceptable All you're arguing is that it was acceptable to be malicious towards these cultures. That is all we're arguing at this point. Like, there is no other interpretation of this. And that's not me saying that I think that Justin Trudeau is more racist than any other white person in this country. I think that we all have internalized racism. I'm just saying you can't just blow this off as he didn't know better. He was 30 fucking years old. It's not only, like, I, I would encourage everybody to listen to the Canada Land episode called 
SNC Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. <laughs> but basically, and I'm going to like give you a little taste of it, but then go listen to it. So basically, Jesse Brown is the host and he sees this thing happen and he, he does not really like Justin Trudeau. He's never been kind to Justin Trudeau in coverage. And so he goes, oh yeah, of course, whatever. This is insane. Like he kind of writes it off. And yeah. then he, it's not that he doesn't think it's bad, but he like, whatever. And then so he goes to one of his journalists who works for him and he goes, I want to do an episode about this and this is how I feel and whatever. And that journalist's name is Archie Mann. And if any of you know Cam and Commons. He's the host. He's a brilliant journalist. I love him. Um, he, he Commons is so good. You should listen to it. Anyway. Um, and Archie goes, no. He goes, no, you can't do the episode like that. Like, you can't. And here's why. So Archie Man went to uh, high school in BC, one of those private high schools that JT worked at. Um, and he was a brown kid. <laughs> and he wore a turban. And he... It's not just, and he talks about this, he was like, it wasn't just that, like, we were made fun of or not treated kindly, even though that's bad enough. He was like, there was violence, and there was one of me. Mm-hmm. And to have a teacher do something like that, yeah. show that lack of understanding, of compassion, of empathy for my situation, especially, and he talks about it as being someone who is, like, enamored with politics. Like, yeah. he loves politics. Like, that's, like, what he wants to do. And then to see someone who's supposed to be your, I don't know, your what? What would you call a teacher? Your, what is the word I'm looking for? Your, like, guidance, mentor, mentor your role model, mocking who you are, yeah. making a mockery of your culture is horrifying. Yeah. And that's, and he talks about that in the episode, and he was like, this is not just about this guy, like, bumbling like it's not just about jt making a gaffe like it's not several times yeah it's not about that it's about the real and also to do that is to ignore the islamophobia the xenophobia the intense racism that exists in canada and that still is a tension yeah and that still occurs between people who look a certain way yeah like that is not of the past it wasn't no. of the past in 2001 it's not of the past now quebec it's an issue in this election it's an issue it's an issue well it's like very much like oh he can dress up as aladdin and put on a turban yeah. but when he goes yeah. to quebec he gets to wipe the makeup yeah. off and take off the yeah. turban and jagmeet singh cannot do that no well, and, and, and that's like, and it, it, to be, and also to not take that, like, again, to me, actually, and you can disagree or agree with this, I don't really care. I don't care what the apology is. Like, it actually isn't enough for me. It doesn't no. matter. And for this situation, you've done it three times. Also, you were a, 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 a yeah, I, I can't, I just can't. I don't care at this yeah. point. And also, but also, I'm not the one who gets, that's the other thing. Like, all these white people are running around being like, oh, it's okay, it's not okay. It's not us. We don't get to decide. Well, and the other thing is (laughs) the press that has been covering this has been white, and that's been a big thing that's been been brought up as well. Yeah, well, that's why I would encourage listening to what Archie Mann has to say. He's not white. This affected him, right? But, like, again, like, we're not the ones who get to decide whether he gets absolved for this or not. Yeah. But in my eyes, he doesn't. Yeah. And also, like, but why not take that time to, like, talk about, be like, oh, you know what? This is an issue. Yes. Exactly. And clearly I have misunderstood this issue. This is a broader issue. Yeah. Um, But he's not that smart. Uh, And not, not. and obviously not that aware. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just... It's bad, and it causes a lot of people a lot of pain, and yeah. I think that we are kind of not paying attention to that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that the 
the conversation hasn't been enough about like the broader issues that this speaks to and has been too much about just specifically justin trudeau um also he's been brought up by the ethics commission like twice <laughs> yeah i just like want to throw that in there because i also feel like that gets glossed over a fucking lot i think it does like he accepted like a private vacation to an island in the bahamas by <laughs> Egacon, and yeah so like that was an issue and he was the press is like didn't you think that maybe that would be an issue and he was like no i TBH, I'm rich. I don't know. Like, I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, and me and like, Sophie. <laughs> fuck right off. And then, obviously, it was the SNC Lavalin, uh, which is basically he and the minister of office uh, interfered with the justice system, put pressure on Jody Wilson uh, Raybould. Their AG. Yeah. Um, to intervene to intervene in the ongoing criminal case against the Quebec-based construction company SNC Lavalin, who is facing like criminal charges, and they're like, "Ooh, maybe if you just like make them a little loophole, so they could just like sneak out of this." And she was like, "What?" And they're like, "What?" But like, do it. <laughs> but like, what? I didn't. Do you want to do it? <laughs> And she was like, stop calling me. <laughs> I think, like, that gets glossed over. That, like, the PM was like, yo, let's change some legislation. So yes! it's all cool. He wanted to fuck up our justice system to let this company that has a history of being shitty get away with, like, being shitty without <laughs> any kind of legal ramifications. And then he comes out and he's all like, oh, no, but I did it for you. I did it for the jobs. Like, he's a husband who came home with lipstick on his collar and was like, no, babe, I was thinking about you the whole time. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Get out of my house. If you cared about jobs you've had, you'd have better environmental policies. Yeah, like, honestly. And then, obviously, we have Andrew Scheer, who's the leader of the Conservative Party, who has some, like tentative but also like <laughs> two real bonds with neo-nazis <laughs> you're like good solid yeah so that. like faith goldie she's like our resident canadian Ugh, nazi great. lady man woman <laughs> and um so she has this like show and he gets interviewed by her when he's running for the leadership and like also she uses the show to like go to neo-nazi hangouts and talk to them which is not great and uh then andrew she was all like oh no i didn't know that i'll never talk to her again this is terrible but also it turns out that his like like lead um strategic um dude man oh my gosh no what's it called come back to me come back come back come back lead strategist that's it <laughs> So Strategic Dude Man was not wrong. No, I was totally right. <laughs> yeah. His uh, lead strategist is actually uh, a rebel board member. So that's the uh, network that she's on yeah, uh, that hosts her show. Yeah, it's a conservative like media. Like sort of. real, real like yeah. Nazi territory yeah. outlet. So he's like pretty pretty tied in there. I also don't like that he was like, oh, I didn't know. I'm like, she's not hiding. Like She's no. everywhere. She's all over the fucking the place. The Nazis like, are very loud. Yeah. They're not a quiet bunch. Yeah, also there was, like, a, like a sort of rally that started as, like, an oil and gas worker rally, but then kind of got co-opted by the um, white nationalists, 
And this was, like, kind of known before it got to Parliament Hill, but he still went out and, like, made a speech and was like, ah, we're with you, like, we support you, and then, like, surprise, his BFF, uh, Faith Goldie, showed up and also made a speech that was, as you can imagine, racist. (laughs) Uh, so, like, technically didn't go to a white nationalist rally, but, like, technically didn't he? (laughs) Who knows? I'll leave that up to you to decide. Um, also, um, during the debates on same-sex marriage, um, in Parliament in 2005, he compared the idea of two people of the same sex getting married to considering a dog's tail to be one of its legs, and he's never expressed regret or apologized. Love it. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And then just to end on, like, a real fun scandal, so the Green Party, if you kids, you don't know... Obviously, they're, like, supposed to be the party most focused on the environment. And there is this picture of their leader, and she's holding, like, a disposable cup. And, like, in her defense, it's a paper cup. There's no straw in it. And we're all human beings. But they're like, oh, no. So they Photoshop it to look like she's holding a reusable cup with, like, a metal straw. But, like, it's not a great Photoshop job. I think maybe they're old. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And the internet was like, what? And then they found the original photo, and it's just, like, it's not a real scandal, but, like, it's quite an overreaction. (laughs) I just, like, I just love that they're freaking out about a paper cup. They're like, no, DEFCON 5! That's some Nixon-level shit. Hey, get rid of it! Yeah, yeah, that's, like, Nixon-level paranoia. And if photoshopping out a paper cut isn't cup, not cut, (laughs) paper cup isn't... A metaphor for Canadian politics. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Canadian environmental policy, especially. Honestly. Which we'll talk about next time. Ooh, a little teaser for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Love trees. Hug them. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Talk to them. They like company. They're real chatty. They do talk to plants. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Well, sometimes they're good looking. (laughs) Because they don't have mouths. Unless it's a Venus flytrap. Used to have one. Also, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this adventure into Canadian politics. This incredibly biased, mostly talked about the NDP and how you should probably vote for them. Yeah. The sales pitch. Look, this is this is consider this your invitation to do your Googles and call your MPs. Yeah. I mean, mostly to be informed. Yeah. Uh, Also, though, I feel very strongly that everyone should have the same opinions as me. It's not, she's she's not lying, really. I am in favor of tyranny as long as I am the tyrant. It's only, only medium joking. I am 100% not joking. (laughs) Very serious about this. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right, guys. Bye! all the way to the end we thank you we pity you but also we thank you you can find us on all kinds of socials we don't know how to use uh we're aqua rocco a-w-k-o-r-o-c-o on twitter and aqua erotica on instagram if you have topics ideas questions compliments you can email us at aqua at gmail.com we do not accept complaints um if you like what we do and you want us to do it better you can support us on patreon we'll leave a link in the show notes big thanks to nathan for our intro music and callum for our beautiful icon art we'll link his instagram in the show notes as well he does real good art please check it out that's all she wrote folks see you next week go be awkward